This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Erica Polsonelli, and welcome to Evolve by Erica, the podcast, where we talk all things spirituality, ascension, health, wellness, and beyond. I'm so excited that you are here. Come on in. Hello and welcome to Evolve by Erica, the podcast. This is Erica Polsonelli, your host, and we are here to talk about all things spirituality, 5D, ascension, and beyond. I'm so excited that you're here for this conversation. Come on in. Hello, guys. Hi, Hi Erica. How are <laughs> I'm you? I'm so excited to introduce you. I have my friend here today, Hadeep, who is such a special person, a light force on this planet, and someone who I met so serendipitously. So I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited to talk to you. I always uh, enjoy our conversations, brief or long conversations throughout the last couple of years. They're always the best. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we definitely have some interesting conversations. Then he would be like, who is this man that you're FaceTiming? I'm like, you have to meet him and know him too. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And they're always such soul level conversations. And that's really why I was so excited to bring you on here. Um, so I want to start by sharing how we met because I share on this podcast how Kundalini has guided me to such amazing people, such amazing spaces, such amazing places and connections and relationships, and everything was so intuitively led. So before Kundalini, before any practice of meditation, I would go to soul cycle and that would be like my release. So I would, I would spin and have the music and the motivation from the instructors. And I would just like feel euphoric. And, um, I slowly started to transition a little bit from that after I found Kundalini, because I finally found that way of getting what I needed within myself. And then the workouts and everything else was an addition to, um, just creating that space within myself. And one day after after Soul Cycle, um, I had just started practicing Kundalini, and I went <laughs> to a boutique next door. And Can you say her boutique name because she's yes, like, Pink and Honey, Pink, Pink and Honey, and Roslyn. Oh, I love it. Is it still there? Yeah. I haven't been there in yeah, so Danielle long. Yeah, is still there. Yeah, hundred percent. She's amazing too. I she's adore amazing. her. Super dope girl. She's amazing. So I walked into this boutique and I saw this shirt, and I couldn't believe my eyes. It had the longtime sun mantra written on the back of the shirt. And right. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, how is this here? Because when I started practicing Kundalini, I didn't know one other person practicing it mm-hmm. or one other person saying the longtime sun mantra. So I picked the shirt up. I was like, okay, this shirt's for me. I need to buy this. And I'm like, who makes, I need to know who makes this shirt. Who is this? And I started to see this brand that, that was in pink and honey had like the dopest stuff. Like there was one sweatshirt that was like animal lover or right. Like, was I mean, that maybe, it? Yeah. I think one of them, like, yeah, we do all these things with uh, animals and how. But it was just like so cool. Like it was a very cool way of doing it. Like it stood out to me. Right. So I told Danny, I was like, I need to know who made this shirt. She's like, oh my gosh, you you have to because he's amazing. Let's FaceTime him. (laughs) And we literally FaceTimed you in the store. And since then, like, I feel like the rest is history. Yeah, no, it was very funny. I remember. And it's so funny that you're talking about spinning and Kundalini and all this stuff because... I so I started this clothing company 
nine years ago with my business partner. I've been in the fashion business for the last 18 years. And this is my second brand called Cheerleader. And I uh, was teaching spinning, funny enough, I'm a spin instructor on the side. So I've been teaching spinning for like 18 years, 19 years, uh, initially just to make some extra income while I was building my first business. Yeah. Uh, but, and I enjoyed it. <clears throat> I love the whole thing. And then the fact that you FaceTimed me at that time and I was teaching a class. And then when I, I'm like, Dan- Danielle, who's the, the owner of the boutique, she's like, she never FaceTimes. She'll text me from time to time for a reorder or a question. And yeah. I called her back. And I was like, what the hell? And then we FaceTimed and it was awesome. Especially the fact that you love that T-shirt. That so that T-shirt came from from me going to a few Kundalini classes with my best friend Elliot, who actually owns a clothing company too in Los Angeles. And uh, it was very funny when he wanted to take me to this Kundalini class. I I was a little bit. Uh, I was. I'm always up for adventure. I'm always mm-hmm. up for. I'm, I'm yes to everything. I knew about Kundalini. I didn't know all about it. I knew of it a lot. Uh, I grew up kind of knowing about it, but very like. How? Tell me more. So, you know, as you can see, I have a turban. I'm a Sikh. Not everyone who wears a turban is a Sikh, but I'm a full-fledged practicing Sikh. Um, You know, it's a very, it's a major religion. It's actually the fifth biggest religion in the world. It's based out of India. Uh, I'm, as you can tell, don't have an Indian accent. I'm born and raised in Montreal, Canada. And, um, And so growing up as a Sikh, Sometimes I would see at the temple, the Sikh temples, randomly would see a white person, like mm-hmm. a non, like a, a Caucasian, or even sometimes a black person, and or basically someone not from Indian descent wearing a white turban, wearing all white, where everyone else is not. And I remember asking my parents, like, who is that? What, like, wow, a white person wearing a turban. That's kind of cool. Like, and they were telling me, like, there's this practice of Kundalini yoga. And basically, they all converted to Sikhism. And I was like, oh, cool. I was young. And then growing up, you know, you start hearing stuff and whatnot. And um, and especially in the last, I would say, nine years, especially when I started this brand, my, my best friend, Elliot, in L.A., he got sober. Uh, he's a fashion designer. We partied hard and all that kind of good stuff. And he he decided to get sober. And through his journey of sobriety, he, one of his buddies took him to a Kundalini class, which is very, uh, how do I say it, a la mud, fashion-wise in, in LA, you know? Yeah. If you go to a Kundalini class, you're kind of cool, you know? Yeah. All the celebrities and all the, you know, all those celebrity trainers. And, and, I, and he started getting into it and he just felt amazing and amazing. And then he made it a part of his life. And... Yeah. I remember whenever I go to LA, I live at his place or I crash at his place. And um, we always do everything together. Even if we have business meetings, we'll do them together because we're able to, because we're both fashion designers and business owners. But it's very funny. He's like, okay, get up. We're going to Kundalini. I'm like, all right, cool. And that's how I learned a little bit more about Kundalini. My first class in Kundalini was very actually funny. So I didn't know that we were going to do this, like go to Kundalini. He's like wearing a white shirt, white, uh, like, I don't know, like not yoga pants, but you know, like those harem pants. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he, and, and then he's like, get ready. We're going to go to Kundalini. And I'm like, I had nothing to wear. So I wore what I always wore a black turban, a black t-shirt and black basketball shorts. 
Mm -hmm. I'm all blacked out, murdered out. So I go into <laughs> class. I go into this class. Uh, it was Tage's class, actually, who was so dope uh, from Nine Treasures. And I go into class and everyone's just looking at me. There's like 50 non-Sikh people, like really just practice practitioners of Kundalini. Yeah. And we're in this dojo, like, because that's where she rents out this karate space back in the day before she got her own space. And all these beautiful men, women, just like cool people, nice energy. Everyone's so um, happy and so joyful to, to get to know you. Just very inviting. Yeah. And I walked in and I'm wearing all black. And I, for me, it was very simple. Sitting down in Indian style, like cross-legged, that's part of my culture. That's, I grew up, that's how you sit in the temple. For me, sitting in that pose is like easy. Whereas you could see other people who haven't done that and who just, oh my God, they were having a hard time putting their knees down. Whereas for yeah. me, it's just, even if I'm a bigger guy, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a linebacker, it looks like, you know? So it's it was easy. So they started doing stuff and I just kept along with it and I enjoyed it. And the last song that she played, which I was so, I was tripping, I loved it so much, was uh, May the Long Time Sun Shine Upon You. And it was by Amrit Kirtan, which is one of the girls that doesn't get a lot of play, like Satnam Kaur or yeah. Jagdish or all those girls. But I, I, I'm a big music fan, huge music fan. Like I'll listen to you name it. I, I love it. And in my spinning classes, I'm obsessed with it. And I just love that song. And that's how I got into, that's how I wrote, I got inspired by that song. And that whole season that I designed was based on that, on May the Long Time Sun shine upon you because that's my favorite thing the sun you know i'm a leo i'm i'm a summer baby and i just i the most beautiful thing is the sun and when yeah. i have the sun I, days are always better it's so true oh i love it even more now now that i <laughs> heard the story again of how you're guided to that and i still have the t-shirt it's probably like six years old at this point i can Easily. never get rid of it yeah. i also love the happiness one with the money signs because that reminds yeah. me of abundance and how abundance does bring happiness. I love that one. So the um, one thing when I design my clothing line, it's very, um, my personal experience is whatever that season is like any creative director. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it changes from season to season. And I was inspired that season, like very much by, I guess, Kundalini like lectures that I heard or the couple classes that I went to. And I just thought it was a cool thing. And like, just Forget about the whole Kundalini thing, just the breath work and just to relax and the meditation, whatever your meditation was, you know, it was, it was just a nice time to just chill out, you know? Totally. And I think that's what it, I know that's what it does. It really does awaken that creative energy within ourselves. And it's, it's interesting because as a creative myself, I cannot make a decision unless it's from that space, that aligned yeah. space that comes straight from my practice that just pushes me forward. And I, I truly like sit and wait and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to make a change. I'm not going to release anything. I'm not going to create anything until I get that push. And it's just, it's the best feeling. And I'm so excited to hear that that's what guided that line. I want to go back to the whole line and see what else was in that line. Yeah, I no, I got to remember what it was in that line. And uh, that was a good collection. I really liked that collection. It was beautiful. I really felt uh, inspired to design that line, especially back then when we were doing a lot of graphics. And, you know, there's a fine line 
when you design graphics for t-shirts, sweatshirts, any clothing, like we sell around 500 stores around North America uh, to the best stores in the world. Bloomingdale's and, being one, right? Yeah, yeah, Bloomingdale, Saks, all those kind of top stores. And then a lot of mom and pop boutiques, which is what we love because yeah. we're really in like different cities and people, like who would have thought that you and I would connect and you're, you know, where you are, like, like you said, my, that t-shirt I thought would kill it in LA, in yeah. New Mexico, Kundalini or yoga specific places. And I'm not even a yoga fan. I actually don't like yoga. I like, I like Kundo a lot. I love Kundalini because it's more of the spiritual practice of the whole thing. I'm not, and I'm not even saying that I'm a Kundalini uh, practitioner. I enjoy I think, it. I think we have to like, come on. I think you got to do some more, please. No, no. I, I definitely will do more designs because I, I think I have to bring back May the Long Time Sunshine Upon I you think so too. Because I've been listening to it nonstop this yeah. last two weeks. You know, I was on vacation in Miami and just at the pool, like listening to my earbuds. And I was just like, oh yeah, I love this. Or even doing like uh -huh. a cold plunge for 30 minutes and just just relaxing and I don't know it's very it's a sweet thing and there's other stuff yeah. too there's other there's a bunch of kundalini some kundalini music I'm really a little bit like because remember I know the original pronunciations I know right. the original Sikh and not all of it's Sikh like it's very interesting how kundalini and Sikh it's people put them together but they're completely separate so I want to take a moment to talk about this because some of the listeners might be wondering what we're talking about. I actually right. created a podcast all of, all about this from my level of knowledge. And mm -hmm. you have been such a teacher to me in that aspect of bridging this. So Kundalini is not a religion. It is a practice that yep. I believe helps you to awaken the Kundalini energy within yourself. And from this practice, there are mantras that have been used in Sikhism for thousands of years. So mostly, and correct me. Not even wrong, thousands of years, hundreds of years, because Sikhism is a very young religion. It's only it only started in 1469, so it's really only hundreds of years that these mantras were like these uh, shabits or lyrics mm -hmm. were uttered by the gurus or whatnot. But so yeah, keep going. No, no, no. So the no, I'm I'm grateful for your interjection, and please stop me wherever. But from what I understand, a lot of the mantras are mm -hmm. shared with Sikhism, yeah. but the yoga and the breathwork and the meditation is separate. Completely, and, and the mantra is where they connect. And, um. I know that Mool Mantra is one of your holiest prayers yeah. that you practice. And I will never forget, I there was um, a new moon or a full moon mm -hmm. where I was listening. Oh, I just get chills mm -hmm. listening and playing it back in my mind. Um, it is, I believe it's White Suns. Yeah. And it's like a very upbeat um right song of it and I was on the beach in the sun where I feel most connected in a bikini mm -hmm. jamming out feeling one with the universe one right. with this connectedness and someone messaged me or commented on it who said right. you should not be saying this this is a very holy prayer and you should absolutely not be saying it in a bathing suit. And this is our, this is from our holy book. You should learn more about it before you say it. And mm. immediately I was embarrassed because my intention is never to disrespect anybody. Of course. Yeah, yeah. And right. um, 
it, it was actually a great moment for me because the conversation shifted and the person on the other side wasn't there to be a troll. No. He wasn't there to try to attack me. He no. was saying, what is this girl doing? Saying a holy prayer that I know of and being in a bikini and just chanting it and not understanding my connection to it. And he messaged me back saying, oh my goodness, I understand now. Yeah, yeah. You, he said, you know this from Kundalini yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. actually not because you're a practicing Sikh or trying to be a practicing Sikh. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I'm so happy I actually engaged in the conversation because sometimes it could be intimidating and you don't even want to go there with people because some people right. get into those conversations for the wrong reasons. He like what happened between us was actually incredible. And he helped me to understand another perspective and he understood another perspective and was like, Oh, I understand now. Um, so well, it's kudos, interesting. kudos to that guy. Kudos to right? that gentleman because, right? you know, the reality of it is like, you know, I've lived my whole life with a turban, a Sikh, mm -hmm. and I'm in an area where it, there was no other Sikhs. Like really there was yeah. no other Sikhs. So growing up and like, you just have to be, I think when you're born and raised as a Sikh, uh, you know, like your parents and then you become a Sikh and whatnot. In North America, you, you kind of are a little bit more like accepting of like, let me hear the other side, other point of view why they did that and why they didn't do that and why oh okay and the fact that he was able to cognitively like cognitively like say oh she's not coming at this in a bad malicious way but she's coming at it on a, like you said like oh she's just like jamming out because she's so taken by that those that script or those lyrics or whatnot but i kind of i think he's also trying to understand like maybe you're like one of those people who gets like you know who's not asian and gets asian like you know uh uh, tattoos and they're like, do you even know what that means? Like, I think he was kind of saying that also, which is kind yeah, of cool. yeah. You know? Just giving you a heads up, and the fact that you didn't like stop him and like say, hey, don't get like, don't tread on me or anything like that. Like, it's uh, it's very interesting. I just think, and I've always felt this way. I I really believe in this universal oneness, and I personally feel so grateful that I have access to something that is part of a religion. I don't use it religiously. I use it spiritually and that I can and yeah. how transformative these mantras are. If I put Adhgurde Namay on, my, my immediate energy completely shifts. Like I will play that when I'm in a funk and I come out feeling like a million bucks. Yeah. It's, it's magical. There's something about that for you and for other people who are, who have the same feeling, it kind of centers them. You know, we live yeah. in a chaotic life and you know, you've talked about anxiety and stuff like that and in your podcasts and your other, you know, mediums and some, whatever can make you chilled out is awesome. Yeah. And yeah. for you, you found that this has helped millions of other people just to, and even the people that you are like, your followers or people who engage in your programs and, and listen to your Instagram. And they're like, you know, they did not know anything, but they realized that there's something's going, something's like chaotic in their mind mm -hmm. and it happens to anybody. And I think like you were talking about gut feeling, right? That gut feeling is always there, but it's clouded and having certain practices like you have with Agu Nurme or like all these mantras, it helps you out, you know, and yeah. it, it allows you to clear that, so there's a passage for your gut feeling to come out and give you the right answer. And that's all it is, you know, and I feel, yeah. and I, I get it because I get, I trip on Indian classical music, for example, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I trip on other things. You know, I, I also Sikh mantras to me are everything. You know, I grew up playing Indian classical music, Sikh classical music, performing in the temples and all that kind of stuff. So I totally understand the euphoric nature that it gives you to feel that way. And not just you, lots of people, including me. Yeah. You know, even like May the Longtime Sun, just to give, go back to that song, it's not a seek hymn. It's not a seek anything. It just happened to be that that's a, a conclusion song for most, uh, uh, you know, practices or, or training sessions in Kundalini. And it just still, I love it. I think it's still yeah. amazing. So it's awesome. I, I would have to agree. So I want to know more about Sikhism, your beliefs, your practices. I've always been someone that's so interested in all religions. Um, and it's something you've shared with me before. I loved learning more about it, especially because there is some type of connection to Kundalini, the mantras we share. Um, so tell me a little bit about like the beliefs you grew up with, the beliefs you have now, your practices, um, your, your diet. I know that you have so many specific things to share and also why you do wear black. Okay. So I wear, I'll start backwards i might forget some stuff i wear black i'm just i'm a big guy so i'm trying to be fashionable and hide myself i guess get a little bit smaller um i I wear all colors actually to be quite honest with you but lately i guess i'm becoming like um you know like most men you always wear the same thing over and over again so i'm always Mm -hmm. known to be wearing a black polo with some like khakis or black pants or whatnot and i'm very chill like that and i feel it easy like my mother for for she buys me one thing a year for my birthday. She'll buy me ten black polos in my size, and she knows. Like she just knows that that's what I want. I don't, I'm not a materialistic person. I actually I'm I'm a very simple guy for certain things, and for me, clothes are just. Even though I'm a designer, and like most designers, you wear what you. Whenever you look at a designer, they lose you are just wearing the same thing over and over again most times. But so that's why I just got into the habit of just wearing. I feel comfortable. That's where I feel. But I'll change my turban color to white, blue, pink, green, whatever. It depends on the style. Um, so that's for the clothing. For myself, I've been a Sikh my whole life. I got baptized when I was uh, 11, 11 or 12 years old. Uh, and I just believe, I just like the religion. My parents, you know, my dad's from New Delhi. My mom's from uh, born in Africa, but actually is Indian. And uh, when they came here to Canada, they... They, they had me. I'm a 1979, you know, I'm a Gen X kind of guy. So I grew up with Indian music, like Sikh, yeah. not even Bollywood. I, I'm not really into the pop role culture vibe, but more like, you know, the the spiritual side. My dad would have gospel Kirtan. You know, you know what Kirtan is. And, and yeah. that's what's performed at all the temples and whatnot. So Sikhism basically is a very modern religion. It's, like I said, birthed in 1469 by... Guru Nanak Dev Ji, and he is the first guru. So in Sikhism, there is one God, and that one God is just a spirit. It's transcendent, mm-hmm. transcendent. It's not male, it's not female, it's not an it, it's just a spirit. And that spirit is God. You can in different religions, it could be anything else. It's the universe. It's that energy, that universal, you know, source mm-hmm. that we talk about all the time. It just happens to be in a guided religion. Now, that religion was there to kind of get rid of caste systems from the Hinduisms 
and to get away from also like how uh, men and women were attached. It's really rooted in a lot of just being a good person, like most religions, uh, being yeah. fair to other people, being the equality between everybody, uh, man, woman, child, any race, any sex, uh, to not really, you know, and to be more um, positive within yourself. And that's what the religion is based on. And, you know, we have a couple of code of conducts um, so that we can illustrate our, you know, just kind of like a practice, just like you have a practice. There's practices for practicing Sikhs uh, to uphold because we feel those things. For example, I have never ate meat in my life, no chicken, no nothing like that, no fish. Um, I've never drank in my life. I've never had, uh, wow. I've never had alcohol, never. like never, 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 never. Um, I've never wow. smoked. I've never done drugs. I've never done anything like that. Uh, You're a clear channel. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, my, my vice is other things, you know, like sugar and pizza and all that yeah. wonderful stuff, which I could cut down, but that's another story. Uh, but I've never had that because I grew up like that. So we didn't have yeah. meat in the house. We didn't have, so yeah. I, I can have a wonderful meal and having Indian cuisine as your mom, mom was cooking. It's very flavorful. So you can actually enjoy yeah. vegetarianism with that. But don't get me wrong. I, uh, if someone wants to have meat right in front of me, I'm cool with it. I don't get weirded out. My business partner, he eats meat, he drinks, you know, he does his stuff. It doesn't bother me because I never cared about that. I don't care about other people, what they do, as long as they're polite and respectful towards me. Um, yeah. And that's the whole purpose of the Sikh culture is the Sikh religion is about live and let live and be a brotherhood, sisterhood towards everyone else. And that no one is better than anyone else. If you're a king or if you're a, a peasant, you all are the same person. And our main goal in life is to do good things and be good people, just like any other religion. And so that we can kind of have a have a have a wonderful life because life is so yeah. tough and stressful and that's so and that's what it is now i've never cut my hair like this beard is tucked in but i've never cut my hair my hair never once never once never 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 once because the religion is basically we believe that god or a universal source is so smart they've created mm. two eyeballs just to give you a, a one thing two like holes for eyeballs two holes for your ears, two holes for, you know, all your bodily functions. If you think about it, women and men are, are such an amazing machine. Auto, like, you know, our respiratory systems, like we don't even know what we're doing. Like if you treat your body well, it'll treat you well too. And it just, so why do we have to adorn it and change it and, and do stuff when you're already, God has created the perfect machine. So that's why wow. we don't cut our hair and we come, we get strength from our hair, you know, and that's mm -hmm. like, you know, kind of like Samson kind of vibe and, and, and we put it up, you know, because in our day-to-day -day life, that's why we put a turban on. It's just basically a modern version of a crown kind of vibe. That's what people would say, because Even if you look wow. at old school Indian Maharajas and Kings, they would have turbans as their crowns with jewels. You know, like even like that's why all the jokes that I used to get, like Mike Tyson's punch out, the great tiger jewel, like, oh, there's a guy with the jewels. But that's why, because all the kings wore turbans. So when one of the gurus, there's 10 gurus, he basically, when he solidified the religion, he said that he wants all his Sikhs to feel recognized. So that's why we wear a turban. 
It means nothing else. Okay. It just means that okay. as a recognition point, oh, if you're in trouble, there's a seat because we always have to help out other people. You know, we'll never start a fight, but we won't let that, we, we don't go for oppression. So mm. if you're ever in trouble and you'll hear there's so many stories like, oh, a Sikh will always come out of his way to, to help out, you know, him or her. Wow. It's, it's one of those things, you know, and that's how it started kind of thing. I have chills. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm like emotional right now hearing And that. I'm giving that you is... a very, very oh quick and easy overlying view of it. I mean, it gets more yeah. intricate as you practice and more not. Yeah, of course, of course, like everything, but I appreciate that overview and it's, it sounds like such a beautiful foundation to be a good person on this earth, especially in the times that we're living in. And, um, it's interesting because with Kundalini, with the turban, at first I thought it was more of like a risk. Like when I think of a head covering, I kind of go back to the Catholicism. No, it is too. Or, it is. Um, it, you're not wrong. Okay. It's also respectful. Yeah, because I would think of it like that. But then when I heard it was more about, well, in Kundalini at least, it's a lot about your crown chakra and containing the energy. I never really feel affected when I don't have a headpiece mm -hmm. on. Um, now that it's a modern day crown, definitely makes me want to wear one every day because that's just beautiful. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like it, it became a practice for me where I just rolled out of bed, got into it, and it delivered everything and more. So that's interesting to learn about. And um, let me ask you a question. Is Om Namo Gurudev Namo part of your daily practice no. or part of Sikhism? No. So, so the, that's just Kundalini. Yeah, that's so there's a lot of beautiful scriptures in Sikhism made by the gurus and whatnot. The guy who, you know, the, the, the man, who, and he's a magical man, he started Kundalini in the United States. He didn't start it, but he mm. popularized it. Especially yes. in the 70s and 80s. And and that was Yogi Bhajan. You know, and whatever yeah. someone might think or may not think of Yogi Bhajan, he was the guy who was the catalyst for promoting this, especially in New Mexico, California, the West Coast. Especially during that time, it's, you know, you know, like very hippie, very like, you know, free love, Woodstock. Woodstock, that kind of vibe. And people are trying to figure out, you know, there's a lot of LSD, a lot of people were doing a lot of drugs and people were doing a lot of yeah. like stuff that after, after a while, they're like realizing shit, this might not be cool. Like this might not be good for me. So yeah. what they do, they were looking for anything, like anybody, not just Kundalini, they were looking for some way to find themselves, I guess, in some spiritual practice. Yeah. And this gentleman who was really a, a customs officer in India, and he came here and he was into Kundalini yoga and he started practicing and people started learning about him. And he was very, he was a good uh, speaker and mm -hmm. he was able to explain this practice, but because he looked and funny enough, if you were to look at Yogi Bhajan and you look at me, we're very similar. And it's kind of freaky because even like Paige, when she saw me, she kind of like, whoa, like, like kind of like a younger version because I'm big and like the turban and like all that kind of stuff was similar. But basically he was just able to orate to people or explain to people how to feel better. And that was by just calming themselves, calming their nervous systems, the things that you practice, which are beautiful, beautiful things. And he was able to, because he, yeah. he was a Sikh, he brought in beautiful scriptures and beautiful things from the Sikh, like that he grew up with as a, as an Indian man, as a Sikh man, and he brought it into Kundalini. But it wasn't yeah. being a Kundalini enthusiast doesn't mean you're a Sikh. 
it just so happened that people loved him so right. much. They loved that how he felt, how they felt because of his practices. They said, hey, why do you wear a turban? Hey, why do you not eat meat? Hey, why do you not? So they were curious. And when he started teaching them, they kind of got into it. And that's how they became white Sikhs. And those white Sikhs, he just said, oh, everyone were white because he felt that he he was the one who kind of incorporated both of those viewpoints, like the Sikhism, but then, you know, he's getting popular as a Kundalini teacher, so he's making his mark of of the white, all white. Right. But if you look at it, he actually wears uh, an orange turban quite a bit, which is a very Sikh color. Mm -hmm. It's like the main Sikh color if you were to wear on an occasion that's, uh, you know, like Christmas is red and green, you know, it's the same kind of vibe. Yeah. Orange is the Sikh, uh, the Sikh color, if there's a color. So what I wanted to say in response to that is I actually did a podcast on the origin of Kundalini and even some of the controversy with Kundalini okay. because there are people who, and we don't have to get into the whole thing because I did on an, on a separate podcast, yeah. but there are people who are so confused because of the allegations with Yogi Bhajan. And there's people who also are triggered that some of the practices in Kundalini are from Sikhism. Yeah. Um, has that ever triggered you? Has it ever triggered your family members? Like, is that something that you were like, this is kind of weird? Why is a yoga using no. these mantras? I mean, I know some Sikhs who have a hard time with it. Actually, a lot of Sikhs have a hard time with it. But remember, I'm born and raised here, and I really believe, as much as I'm a religious person, but as much as I'm religious, I'm actually infinity more about spirituality and about feeling good about yourself mm -hmm. and trying to be nice to everybody and having good energy and good consciousness and whatnot, which I think is more important than any, you know, religion to me is just like a structural way of how you want to practice because some people can't just get into being a nice person. I think every religion is has wonderful tenets. But for me, but I think the people that practice those religions fuck everything up. And, you know, and it's like that joke that I always love to hear. Like, if you really think about religion, it's really just me and you having an argument. Like, my imaginary friend is better than your imaginary friend. I love but why that. Can't, but, but why can't both imaginary friends just be awesome? You know? Yeah. Like that Jesus was yeah. a great guy and so-and-so was a great guy and Allah was a great guy and Buddha was, you know, a little chubby, but he was a great guy. But like, you know, all this kind of stuff, <laughs> you know, I think I, I, I just, this whole thing about that's what I really believe in my practice as much as I'm a Sikh. Yeah. I've evolved over the years and this is something that you were talking about. I was very strict, strict, strict. I'm still, I'm pretty strict, but I've also realized what I, for my growth, what I care about. Sometimes when you go to a temple or whatnot, Sikhism or any type of church or thing like that, there's so many rules. And I don't think religion or spirituality should be so guided by rules. If today you feel like this and you're, you're not hurting anybody, that's okay. Like you, yeah. you chanting to the moon, you know, with your, with Kundalini, you know, mantras, that's okay. You know, it's totally fine. And if tomorrow you have to go to Christmas dinner with your parents who, you know what I mean? Who don't. And say the Hail Mary. Yeah. And <laughs> you're going to a church. That's okay too. You know, I go to, yeah. I go to Seder's with my friends all the time. Like, you know, mm. they're Jewish and, or I go to the, like, you know, if someone has to get married, I go to a church and I think it's so cool learning about other religions all day, every day. I love that. Yeah. yeah am I, am I a little bit biased towards Sikhism? 
Yeah, but I'm so I, I try to be so open minded that there's good to learn from, you know, like especially now with Instagram. If you saw who I followed, yeah, I follow some fashion people, some models, some sp- a lot of sports, but I also follow that guy, Bishop Jakes. He's a bishop, you know, mm-hmm. he says good things. My father, I remember in the 80s when I was like eight, nine years old, he would watch Billy Graham evangelistic. Sarah, uh, the the telethons, the evangelistic TV shows. And I would be always shocked. And he was so just interested by the fact that, hey, he might not wear a turban, but he's saying some cool stuff. Not everything. Yeah. Like, so the same thing, with, incredible. same thing with Kundalini. Like, I have this thing with, like, Yogi Bhajan. Some of the shit that he said is so dope. Like, so dope. And I love it. But then there's some things that, like, you know, there's certain teachers that I'm like, eh, I don't like what you're saying. I don't think that's cool, mm-hmm. but that's okay. I don't have to tell everyone. Yeah. And maybe there's teachers that you have that you're like, oh, I love, love, love. And then there's some teachers yeah. you're like, eh, you're cringy or what, whatever your soul or whatever your gut or whatever your, uh, like, you know how you always say it, like how guided towards, that's yeah. all that matters, you know? I know people who go. I, I know people who go once every two weeks to tarot card reading, and I think that's cool too. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's what that makes you feel good, great. Some people go to therapists. Right. You know, ultimately, we're not here for a long time, but it's a fucking long journey. Yes, and, it is. And there's a lot of voices in our heads, and we're with our mm-hmm. voice all day, every day, twenty four seven. As much as you might have your husband Vinny talking your ear off to clean something. At the end of the day, you're 24-7 Erica's voice, Erica's voice, and her mm-hmm. traumas, and her triggers, and her in, uh, insecurities, and fears, they creep up, and creep up, and it's the same thing with anything. Like, why, yeah. you know, even when you started meditating, I can imagine all the voices that come into your head, you know? Yep. I, I started meditating when I was, like, five years old. Literally five I years know old. you shared that with me. Yeah. So cool. I was lucky. I was like, okay, Hardy, yeah. shut up, sit down. When you're at the temple, don't talk. Because the Grunthi, which is the priest, he's talking. So this is how you, you sit like this, you practice, close your eyes, don't worry. And you slow, And then I started liking it. And I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Whenever I feel weird, I can do that. You know, and then mm-hmm. you started learning about Satnam, Waheguru, which are two beautiful words in the Sikh language. Satnam is the true name and Waheguru is God is wonderful, you know? And and I would remember even walking back from school, uh, you know, like the sidewalk, they would have like, you know, slabs of sidewalk, you know, like there's like a, I would always make Waheguru, like my breath work was already like, I would inhale with Waheguru, why? And then I would breathe out with Guru. And that's how I got into it. And then, you know, you start chanting, but after a while, I believe, you stop chanting because it's just within you and you're just calm. But I think it's a wonderful practice to chant initially so that all the other voices are out. So you're focused and directed until you get to that point. And it might never happen. Yes. It might never happen. You might always have to chant, but, and I've done it. Mm -hmm. I still chant. And I sometimes, sometimes I don't even chant at all. And that, and I'm saying, I'm not even doing the stuff that you're doing as a Kundalini practitioner. I'm doing my own stuff. And I, whatever works, I think it's a beautiful thing. And I was very fortunate as a young age to start meditating, especially in a crazy world. So yeah. whenever I feel a little bit anxious or whatnot, I have to just retreat. I can close my eyes and I can just meditate. 
and breathe. Mm-hmm. And that's all it is, breathing. Everything is okay. Yeah. If you're breathing, everything's okay. So true. And I, I appreciate your viewpoint so much. And I, I, I really appreciate it. I'm like at a loss for words because um, with such a secret practice and it's, it's so sacred to me, I, I never want to come off as anything other than like authentically sharing something that has truly worked for me that I think can help other people. And it's, it's so nice to hear your point of view and also hear about you bridging the, the, I, I guess gap, but bridging spirituality to religion. And this practice actually made, helped me make more sense out of my own religion and every other religion too, and bringing me into that oneness space. So that alone, I'm just like, wow, can you share what your name means? Because we've, we've spoken about this H-A-R when we chanted it's HUD and it's a very high frequency sound. Yeah. So hard deep. So I spell it H-A-R-D-I-P. But if mm-hmm. you pronounce it's har deep, har deep. So hud is a wonderful word. It's resonant. Mm-hmm. It's whatnot. My my full name means light of God. Because deep means light and hud means God. Mm-hmm. It's a synonym for God. So most Sikh names are um they're they're unisex. You can use them for man or woman. Like, you know, in 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 Western cultures, like certain names like Bob, not many girls are named Bob. Yeah. You know, not many girls, not many guys are named uh, Erica. You know what I mean? There's Eric or Erica, you know, kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah. you know, there's my, so for me, what happens is that when you're born as a Sikh or born into a Sikh family, uh, the first time you, you bring your child to the temple, which is within the first two weeks, they, at the end of the the set, the mass, they, they open the Guru Granth Sahib, which is the, our Bible, our scripture you know, our Holy scripture and they open it up and they randomly say a passage. And the first letter that is said from anywhere, that's where traditionally the family takes the name from. So if it's an S, then your name is going to start with an S. Mine happened to start with HUD. So my parents came up with the name Hardeep. Yeah. And like my sister is Gurpreet, like G. So Gurpreet, then that's God's love, you know, because HUD and good are the same like synonym. And Preet is love. So Guru Preet is God's love and mine's God's life. Which makes sense. That's why Beautiful. I love the sun a lot. Yeah, right. I'm obsessed. It's ridiculous. Uh, how is it where you are right now? Is the sun no, out? It's fucking cloudy. Oh, it's upstate. I can't it's, wait. It's I, New York. I mean, it's sunny here today, yeah, but it's, it's, I just... I got a taste of it. You were in Florida too. Yeah. I got a taste of it. And it's just like, I didn't know how much I was missing it until I was in it. <laughs> and now I'm like, okay, the countdown to summer is here. I think it's affecting me more. You... Yeah, I think it's affecting me more as I age. Before it didn't bother me, but now I'm like, oh, I would like the sun. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Can you share more of what you're doing right now about your your clothing line, about anything that we can like look out for? Yeah, so cheerleader is really um I've had it. Can you spell it yeah. for everyone? So yeah, they know. cheerleader without the vowel. So C H R L D R. It's just a wonderful clothing line that my business partner and I started. My buddy Eric and I started like nine, ten years ago, and uh, it came out as a joke. We were going to just make graphic T-shirts for people and whatnot. And funny enough, it started becoming popular. And uh, from graphic T-shirts, from and I designed everything. Um, started getting to more. We got into activewear. We got into hoodies. We got, you know, we sold to contemporary stores around the nation. 
and now we've evolved the line over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, in COVID, everyone wanted to wear hoodies and sweatpants and sweatshirts. Yeah. But now they're wanting more formal stuff. Women want to wear, you know, sexy dresses and and more formal stuff. They're going out with their husbands or girlfriends for a night out and whatnot. So, yeah, we're the line is ever evolving. Uh, you know, our website is great. Uh, a lot of great stuff. Over the last year, I rebranded in the sense of I was trying to understand what cheerleader meant and why did I name it nine years ago? And I went through a lot of stuff over the last two, three years with some personal stuff. And I started realizing what cheerleader actually meant. And what I really believed it was, I always wanted a simple name. I wanted a simple thing that Americans, Canadians could understand and everyone knew what cheerleaders were. You know, traditionally cheerleaders, like every woman wanted to be a cheerleader in high school and every guy wanted to be with a cheerleader in high school. Traditionally, <laughs> not everyone, but that's the general, you know, consensus. You watch Riverdale, you watch, you know, all those shows and all those kind of things. And that's what yeah. it really was. And then a couple, a couple of months ago, actually a year and a bit ago, my business partner and I decided like, you know, we should really focus on the branding of the brand. Of, of our brand and not just make good clothing. So we really decided to um, focus and I came up with the idea of cheerleader. And at that time, I've done a lot of spiritual practicing of myself and my getting back to my psychology, you know, with my master's in psych. And, and, I, and I started realizing, I started realizing things like how people don't love themselves and how people, and like, you know, I'm very lucky that my partner, Eric and I, we, my business partner and I, he and I talk, as dudes, I'm very lucky that I have four or five friends, dudes, who are, we talk about our emotions. Five straight guys, yeah. and all we do is talk about, hey, how do you feel? Yeah, we talk about sports and all that stuff, but I'm very fortunate that I have that. And when we, sometimes I'll take half an hour and get into his office, and I'm like, yeah, this is bothering me, this is bothering me. And we're talking about why did it bother us? Why did it trigger us? So I had some serious um I, I like like I said, some personal stuff that went on with a relationship of mine that I just said, you know what? I started learning about myself more and learning about that other person more. And I realized that people ultimately don't love themselves. And I see it on Instagram. I see it on social medias. I see it on everywhere. And ultimately, if we loved ourselves, we are able to love other people. It sounds so cliche, but it's so true. So what I realized is that so ultimately, the reality of my brand is and that's what, we, well, that's what clothing does for women, from what I've thought, is that it makes them happy for a little bit. So what I want a cheerleader mm -hmm. to be is kind of like a reminder to people to love themselves. So be your own cheerleader. You know, be your own practitioner. You don't need anyone else. You don't need a man to validate you. You don't need another girl to, or a woman to validate you. You don't need your parents or your children or anything. You, at the end of the day, are by yourself. Yes, you have children and you'll have the utmost love, but sometimes women get so, like, just that's all their life is. And they forget about themselves. And then 10 years down the road, they're like, holy shit, I've lost myself. And mm -hmm. that's what I wanted to do. And I rebranded the whole company last year. And I even, like, I didn't want to be one of those brands where it's like, oh, I'm a fearless woman or this, that, whatever, especially designed by two straight guys. What we did is that we're kind of like allies of women who... Who want I want people to love themselves. So be your own cheerleader, promote yourself, even on every garment. I just didn't want it on the website. 
on every single garment, we have a little message that I put on every, and all of them are randomized uh, right behind, right underneath the label of cheerleader where the size tag is. And it says like, cherish the day. Uh, don't let your fear become you. One of my favorite things is everything you need exists within you. You know, especially yeah. this one woman I'm, uh, you know, I've been listening to a lot of meditations lately and there was this one woman whose meditation I'm just obsessed with. And she said that and I was just like, fuck, that's so good. It's so true. So yeah. my purpose for the so brand cool. is clothing will always come. We'll have beautiful t-shirts. It's made in Peru, mm -hmm. super soft, cool design. We have celebrities yeah, wear great them. Quality. Great quality. You'll, it's like, you know, well-priced for what it is. And, you know, yes. we compete with everyone. But the main thing for, I want is that when someone opens up their closet in the morning and whatever they're thinking in their head, if they haven't done a spiritual practice like you do or a mantra or, or whatever they do or go for a run, that they walk in, take a shower, put on, like open up their closet and they see that when they pick up the hanger, they see that little statement like a fortune cookie. Maybe it'll give them a little pep in their step. Maybe it'll be like, oh, yeah. it's a reminder of an affirmation of self-love yeah. i'm not saying be be fearless or powerful there's a lot of powerful women a lot of powerful men but i think even the most powerful women and men are not there's no self-love and that's what we at cheerleader really want that our clothing to make you feel good of course we're capitalists we want to make money we want to do that but ultimately our secondary thing is like we really want people to just value themselves and if they value themselves they can be nice to other people and that's all that matters. It's so true. And as you're saying this, I, I am recognizing the contrast between being like fearless and powerful and starting from a place of love. And I think the world needs more of that. And when we have that within ourselves, when we truly, and that's what the practice has also brought me, like falling in love with yourself allows you to have the space to truly love, respect, and appreciate other people because everything does start within. And it's it's powerful that that's literally like embedded in the clothing. And I'm telling – like from the second I saw your clothing, of course, the mantra attracted my eye. But as I started to become a consumer of True Leader and like check out like what's your latest True yeah. Leader – items you got in. It's, it's the quality, it's the energy, it's all there. And, um, I see it, I appreciate it and I love Thank it. You, and yeah. I can't wait to see what else you create. Yeah, no, we're really excited this season. Like we've, uh, really focused on more design and more, not just t-shirts and hoodies. And, you know, now we're getting into wovens and we're getting into full collections and sweaters and jackets. And it's really cool. It's really exciting. We're launching this next couple of weeks, with our new collections. And I think, you know, from what nice. sales reps and uh, customers who have told us, it's been good. You know, we're really excited about it and we're looking forward to hopefully your users will love it too. It's incredible. Yeah. So can you share your social um, or cheerleader social, whichever one you would like to share? Yeah, I'll share both. So, connect with? Yeah, yeah, so I have our company social is cheerleaders. So at C-H-R-L-D-R. And there you'll find all our info about our stuff. Actually, you'll, you'll love it, especially because we, because one little thing is that on our hang tags, they're tarot cards that we designed ourselves. So every, oh, cool. yeah, so it's very different. So people love that. And, you know, we love, like, you know, we talk about all the time, the new moon, can't wait. new moon, excited, full moon, yeah. the Zodiac. I'm a big fan of all that stuff. I love being like, I don't believe in the Zodiac every day, but I do believe in the general traits. Like if you're a Capricorn, yeah. Plus or minus, you may, I don't make any decisions on it, but I'm a true yeah. and like proud Leo, 
I'm a very much a Leo. Um, you know, so for me, what we do on our on our, our Instagram and we're gonna start doing it on our website is that we have a new moon like uh, post, a full moon post to explain. Oh, to, I love yeah, that. because we think that women love that stuff, a little mysticism. We think it's romantic. Yeah. I love the art of tarot. Uh, we intru- introduce that a lot. Uh, there's a lot of cool new stuff. So on Cheerleader, you'll see that Cheerleader uh, at Cheerleader, C-H-R-L-D-R. We have our website, cheerleader.com. And then my personal Instagram is, uh, it's more for me. It's just, uh, it's Spin Turban, S-P-I-N-T-U-R-B-A-N. And uh, because I t- I've taught spinning for almost 20 years before it was, before even SoulCycle existed, you know, so uh, that's my personal Instagram. Uh, you know, I, I put a lot of funny stuff up and just interesting ideas. I appreciate your post. Yeah, yeah. I know you, you like my post. I like your post too, but I... The only ones I don't understand are the sports yeah, ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe like video like that. But I, I do have a lot yeah. of sports references, but there's also a lot... It's very, like I'm a very... Uh, I'm, a, I'm a child of my circumstances. Like I'll listen to Kirtan and... Uh, spiritual practices and uh, spiritual meditations on Spotify. But then I'll also listen to Wu-Tang Clan, the next track or dip set. And I'll listen to, you know, and then I listen to Rye X, who's really on my radar these days, like crazily or Fred again. And people are like, huh? Even when I teach my spinning classes. So it's funny because that's one thing that I did incorporate from Kundalini is that in most spin classes, you'll see that the, the instructor's all hyped up and like, let's go, 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 go. Whereas my my first song basically is so subdued and I do breath work, the first song, and people are like, wow. I love Yeah, that. to ground. So they ground themselves, forget yeah. about the outside world, and those women and men mm-hmm. have 45 minutes now to be here right now and and do their thing. And, and people have really loved it. And I took that straight from Kundalini class. I love that. Can you share where you teach? Because we do have a lot of listeners from Canada. Oh, yeah. So I kind of took a break, but now I'm back. So there's two places that I teach in Montreal. Uh, one place is Cadence, uh, Cadence Cycle. You can follow them on Instagram. Uh, Yaron is uh, the guy who started it. He's an amazing uh, guy. He's the first guy who started a spin studio in Montreal, uh, maybe like 15 years ago. He's great. And then also I just started a new... Uh, sessions at uh, Rush Cycle in the West Island, another region of Montreal. And uh, yeah, my schedules are on their Instagrams and stuff like that. And uh, we have a very good time. I put it all in the dark. It's very meditative, but it's really intense and people enjoy that as well. Beautiful. It's beautiful. It's such a good escape. And that's really... It was my form of meditation for a very long time until I found Kundo, as you would call it. Now me and Vinny are like, oh, you're practicing Kundo? Yeah. You gave us the nickname to use. Yeah, no, my best friend, <laughs> Elliot, he, he got into it. And, you know, he's like, a, this guy was a party dude. This, If anything, I believe in yeah. Kundo very much because I see how people who practice it, how their attitudes have changed, their demeanors have changed. People, yeah. like, I'll tell you, I know for a fact from him, like, you know, someone who was taking anti-anxiety medication who now doesn't need to take anything, hasn't taken anything forever, you know, was using alcohol to to self-medicate. Like most people, like a lot of people in the universe, they just said, you know what, yeah. chill out. I'm not saying don't drink alcohol. I'm like, that's cool. But some people can do it. Some people just don't. Some people can't stop after the first drink, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, Whereas, I was one of those people. Oh, were you? So, yeah. 
Yeah. So some people just can't stop. It's like me. I know if I stop eating sugar, I'm amazing. But if I eat one yeah. thing, then I'm going to eat 10 things. And I'm like, oh, totally. that's why I have my weight on my weight. So that's why for me, any practice, no matter what it is, even as funny as it might look for other that for like on the outside to look at it, it actually might be beneficial for that person. So if you love that person, let them do what the hell they want to do. If they want to chant, Om Namo, Gurudev Namo, cool. And that's why I like, you know, your that question about the whole Sikhism thing. How do they I always defend it? I'm like, hey man, it makes them good and they're not being assholes towards you. They're trying to be respectful. That's what I always loved about you. Like if anything came up. You'll DM me and you'll be like, hey, Hardeep, what's up? Do you have five minutes? And I'm like, yeah. And then we'll have a conversation on the phone and say, and 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 I think any Sikh or anybody, if you do that to them and say, hey, is this cool or is this not cool? It's like your necklace yeah. that you have, the Akon car, which is yeah. super cool. And I noticed it on your post and I was like, hey, she's wearing an Akon car. And you're like, oh my God, is that okay? Is it like, I said, it's totally okay. And it's totally cool. Yeah. You know, it's it's just a beautiful word and you like the symbol. It's totally rad. But, yeah. I, but I appreciate I you asking me. The, That's the whole thing. It was very cool. Not that you need to, but it's very polite. Absolutely. And I always want to be respectful. And I think that's a really big thing in the age of information is like, what we're taking, we're being mindful of and conscious of and using it appropriately and um, having respect for where it came from and using it to do good, using it to better ourselves, hopefully better the collective. And that's really the space I always wish to move from. And, you know, if there was anything to call me out on, you call me out. That's why we have this relationship yeah. to just have that honest communication. It's and not even to call you out. Because it, everything's it, perspective. Yeah, it's also I don't want you to get any like backlash from someone who might be, who gets triggered because remember everyone mm -hmm. gets triggered. If they get triggered, it's because they, something's they're dealing with something that they don't even know about maybe sometimes, you know, and they lash out and all that yeah. stuff. So you can't, you know, just live and let live. And if someone wants to do what they yes. need to do, that's why I'll like, I, you know, people might have an opinion about Kundalini. I'm a, I have a positive opinion about it. Am I going to practice everything they do? No, I'm not even a pra practicing Kundalini student. But there's certain things that I think are super cool. And I think that out of all the yogas, I think it's very interesting because, excuse me, they, they're the ones that are the most spiritually in tune to a yoga practice rather than being like an exercise course. Mm -hmm. Totally. If you want to do an exercise course, go do a spin class. Go do a circuit training. Go do, you know, follow all the top like trainers and do your Pilates. But keep the meditation part because that mental, you can't do anything unless this is right. And if this is right. So true. And it's for a lot of people, even the guys, like even for you, you practice for so long. And even some days you probably still spin out of control. And I do too. Yeah. I mean, it's happening to yeah. me recently. And mm -hmm. I was like, holy shit, why am I spinning out of control the last like couple of days? And then yesterday I just shut down everything and I'm just like, okay, let's chill out. So I just, I watched a couple of White Lotus episodes and then, <laughs> and yeah, and then I and then I listened to a lot of great music, chilled out music, some Kundalini music, some classical Indian music, which I've shared with you also, and and then yeah. and then I just meditated for three hours, and I was in and out. I wasn't always there. I mean, I could meditate, and I think that's the beauty. Being meditation doesn't have to be that you're sitting, and you're just this one place, and you have your arms out. I think meditation can be anywhere. I've been to clubs where they have raves and I'm just like quiet. Remember, 
no drugs, no drinking, no nothing. And I'm just enjoying the beat and that rhythmic beat of an EDM like thing is just like, oh, cool. You know, it's like this guy, Ry X, the, the okay. artist, he's unbelievable. And he's like just singing. He's a great singer. But the way he presents himself, it's so beautiful that I get it. I, I feel like it's meditation to me, you know? Totally. So that's why. And it's so true. And the more we work it, the more we're, you've been doing it since you're five. So you can tap in at a rave. You can tap in wherever you are. And it's, it's true. It's having that access anywhere we go. And it could look like chanting. It could look like listening to a chant. It could look like being in the sun, laying out in the yeah. sun. Um, it's so true. You know, so that's, true. that's really helped me a lot. Um, the main thing that's a lot of a new thing that I've been doing for the last two years is Wim Hof. And, oh, nice. And I'm really like, I've been digging him for a long time. Uh, I got introduced by my buddy Elliot and that has helped me a lot. You know, I love going doing cold plunge and that, yeah. and the breathing has helped me. Like, you know, I was in Miami and I was in this Arctic cold plunge at a hotel and I was sitting there, I was sitting in the tub for like 30 minutes at a time. And I thought it was great. Wow. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, yeah. People think I'm nuts, but like, I just was chilling out and people were coming into the cold plunge and they were like oh, freaking out and they go in and out, like, you know, but I, I just told them as long as you just like, there's no fear, there's our brains and our bodies will evoke fear. But if you can control your brain and say, Hey, I'm actually in a safe place. There's no risk of yeah. danger. I'm not dying. And then when you calm yourself down, then everything makes sense. And I think that has happened. I used to be very anxious about certain things when I lost control. You know, I'm a little bit of a control yeah. freak, which is not the greatest, but. Many of us are. Yeah. And I realized, I'm like, oh, nothing's really happening. That panic that I'm having, it's just me fearful. But what am I fearful about? And then I ground exactly. myself and I chill out and I'm like, okay, everything's okay. And that's helped me yeah. throughout the last couple of years. I love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You provided so much wisdom and love and light. And I, I could literally talk to you all day, every day. You already yeah, know this, but I feel so grateful that we can have other people like listening into this conversation because I feel like there's so much in here. There's so much to unpack and you are such a definition of 5D energy oneness oh, and you are, you absolutely are. And I see that. And I feel that every time we connect. So thank, thank you so, so much for being here today. No, I really appreciate you inviting thank me you. and letting me spew my words and whatnot. But, uh, I hope I didn't offend anybody, but I really appreciate your time and what you're doing with this podcast is awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm going to put the link um, in the show notes to shop cheerleader. Uh, if anyone is interested, which I feel like many will yeah. be. And um, if you want to connect or reach out, you have both um, social handles that you can um, check out there as well. But I just want to thank you again so much for being here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate thank it again. You. Thank you. And we'll end with the longtime sun. May the longtime sun shine upon you. Thank you. Sat Sat Nam. Nam. Thank you so much.